Patty Mills got a three. Just picking up where he left off. Patty Mills, ready position. Count it. It's a three. And the Nets are scorching hot. Mills fires. Got a three. Patty Mills, bullseye on a three. NBA Australia, how are you going? How you going, mate? It's NBA Australia, it's Friday, TGIF, Friday, December 17, one more week till Chrissy, bro. <laughs> Have you done your shopping? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, the squid's birthday tomorrow as well, and I'm just running ragged. Anyway, I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, I'm here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all... The ins and outs, all of them, and there's a lot, I'll tell you that much, of the NBA season right now, while repping Australia just a little bit, that's what we do, we don't take things too seriously, we leave that for the nerds, God, they love serious stuff, don't they? This is too 30%, shut up, uh, Isaiah Thomas is back, the little guy, not Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, the little guy, he's back on the Lakers, nice, uh, more COVID cases, boo, another former MVP goes into the protocols. Not a great time to be a former MVP. I think that's three now. Jeez. Anyway, Darren Fox, a bunch of other dudes. Uh, we're going to talk about, what, four games tomorrow, today in the uh, game wraps. That'll be nice. We've got a juicy slab of that Sunday night. Knife. There you go. Old mate, no mate. Spot of the night. Better than Monzo Ball. Dickhead of the week. Because it is Friday. Uh, we've got some yeah now. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got our back takehouse. Where we're serving up a flame grill take. There's Australian player watcher Luke Longley Memorial Bloke who just does their bloody job award. And the NBA Australia game previews and picks for the entire weekend. And uh, we were going to do a diary of Stephen Adams, but it's almost Christmas, so we better uh, throw in the cooking with Bainsy Christmas Spectacular from years past. It's a great one. All right, let's bloody well get to it. Episode 722 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. Or you better keep watching out for the COVID attack. Jeez. Or the Zion injury update attack. Holy moly. Oh, that's going pretty well, bro, isn't it? No. <laughs> Let's start today's show. The way we start every show here in NBA Australia with the Daily. Whip around. Ah, first cap off the rank. Let's do the little guy. The little guy. Isaiah Thomas, the king in the fourth. Uh, signing a 10-day contract with the Lakers. Fresh off a drop in a uh, 40 piece in the G League. Uh, initial thoughts well, this is the worst spot for him. <laughs> and then news breaks today no Avery Bradley, no Rusty Westbrook. And then suddenly, maybe this is the best spot for him. That's weird how that works. Bizarre. Anyway, we might break down that a little bit later. Uh, suffice to say, 
I'm not convinced. But either way, Dwayne Casey, he's out for personal reasons for day for today. So I think we had a weird game where the Detroit basketball Pistons were playing against the Pacers and neither team had their head coach because Rick Carlisle is still in the protocol. So you had Lloyd Pierce there in Indy and you had Detroit without Dwayne Casey because he was away from the team. It was very, very weird. So, you know, what can you do? Uh, Rex Kalamian, there you go, Kalamian, was in charge of Detroit and... Guess what? Did it make anybody difference? They still suck. Uh, other news, Clay Thompson, the Warriors. Oh, this is sad. Uh, well, no, it's not that sad. It's just kind of like, oh, would have been good to see what Christmas. The Warriors don't play to, plan to play Clay uh, the December 20 or 23 games that they've got. He won't be back for Christmas. So it looks like the earliest we'll see Clay is December 28. And, uh, I mean, if you've held him in uh, fantasy... Like me? <laughs> You're like, come on. Come on, Clay. Come back as quick as possible. I need you. Uh, but look, it's a bit of a shame we don't get to see him Christmas. Whatever. Just as long as Clay comes back and stays healthy, I think we're all happy with that, right? Speaking of health, Zion. Out for at least another four to six weeks. Oh, nah, man, you'll be ready for a try to cap or at least the first week of the season. Uh, no, he is not ready for training cap or the first week of the season or perhaps even part of this season at all. Uh, four to six weeks after copping an injection, his surgically repaired right foot, a.k.a. We shot that bastard up with some cortisone. We're just hoping for the fucking best at this point. <laughs> Have you seen the bugger? He's like 130 kilos. And he reckons his foot's going to get it right without doing rehab. What a fucking lunatic. Uh, Look, all the best for Zion, but at the same time, look, you've always known me to be a bit of a Zion skeptic. I want to see him out there and doing it. The fact that he hasn't played any fucking defense since he got to the NBA has not helped my uh, opinion of him. But, jeez, this is not great. We'll uh, talk about this again later. COVID! This is the big one. Rusty Westbrook, Avery Bradley... They join, what was it, THT, he's dynamite, uh, Malik Monk, Dwight Howard on the Lakers COVID list, that is brutal. Unfortunately, my beloved Isaac Okoro as well, no, just after he like rattled off the four best games of his season, that is brutal. De'Aaron Fox for the Kings, he's gone, Alex Len, the Ukrainian stepladder, even he got the COVID. That is wild. Jabari Parker over there in Boston, he's gone too. And fighting Bobby Portis, fighting around the world, is also out joining, obviously, Giannis and Don Baby, Vincenzo, and a bunch of the other Bucks. Uh, that is not great. So, tell you what, <laughs> it's getting pretty fucking dire there. And we're sort of, you know, heading into this week thinking, oh, look, you know, most of the teams have had guys who have either had it or they are going to be just okay, maybe a little bit perhaps. And it's just not getting any better, obviously. And there was the great tweet about the NBA players doing our health and safety protocols so far this year. In October, there was one. In November, there was 15. In December, there's been 47. And we're only halfway through December. So that's how maths works. And that's how, uh, you know, viruses and pandemics works. And that's fucked. So, bit shit. But anyway, look, fingers crossed everyone's okay. Everyone's feeling all right. But, jeez, this is not good, is it? Going to be brutal. 
And uh, that's actually about all of the news for today. So injuries, COVID, IT, some nice stuff there. But oof, the COVID thing sort of just hanging over stuff at the moment. So let's do some game reps. 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 The Detroit Basketball Pistons, the two teams without uh, their head coaches today. Detroit at Indy. Indy win at 122-113. Pacers got down 12-2 to start. You're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> after shitting the bed against Golden State and just crapping all over themselves time after time and after time. Indy actually pull off a win for the first time this season after being down double digits. Doesn't that just speak about a lack of fight, usually? Like, if you've gone through this entire season, basically a third of a season so far, and you've not pulled back, like, one double-digit lead and won the bloody game, and uh, I'll tell you what, there's uh, something going on. It's a bit fishy. It's a bit fishy. It smells a bit. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, but, look, they pulled it back very quickly. <laughs> I mean, it was only 12-2. Uh, they got the lead again in the first quarter. But then, look, the Pistons, they fought back in the second, but the Pacers just put them away in the second half. They got up as many as 15 Good on him. It was my sweet baby, Carrots Levert, who led the way. Juzzy Holiday was just dunking on everybody. It was pretty gnarly. They had six and double figures. Uh, the Pistons, they weren't good. Big Deke Bay, love Big Deke. 28 points for him. 10 rebounds, five assists. Great game. Jeremy who? Uh, Deke was crushing it. Cade Cunningham, the number one pick. 19 points, six boards, four assists, two blocks. He's got a lot of pop, does Cade. I kind of love it. 18 for Frank Freddie Jackson off the bench. 12 for Hamadou Diallo. Uh, not quite Hummer don't. And uh, Killian Hayes, just out there crushing it. Woke up feeling dangerous. Two points, one assist in 29 minutes. Thanks for coming, Killian. Uh, Paces, my sweet baby, Carrots Alverta, season high, 31 points. Love it. AKA the, hey, do you guys want to trade me or not? What do you reckon? Game. Love that. 12 of 18 from the floor. The Suvlaki King, Demartis Sabonis. Oh, yeah. Combination meat. Thanks, Demartis. Just misses the triple-double. The old Jason Kidd triple-double, 12-9-6 for him. Juzzy Holiday had 17. Miles Turner had a great game. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 4 blocks. Duarte had 15. O'Shea Brissett had 9. 11 for Lamp. Like the bench actually really energized uh, the Pacers to get them the lead in the first half. So uh, good win for the Pacers. They still stink. Uh, not as much as Detroit, though. They're 4-23. Gross! And Indy are 13 and 18. Oh, then we had a barn burner. Brooklyn beating Philly in Brooklyn, 114-105. Ooh-wee. This was a game. Tell you what, the Nets were kicking the fuck out of Philly. This is like the second straight game for uh, Philly where they're just getting their shit kicked out of them and they have to pull it all together to get even vaguely close. At least this one, they tied it all up. They couldn't hit anything for so long. It was <laughs> The first half was a laugher. Like, the Nets had 39 points in the first quarter. And, like, in towards the start of the, uh, you know, in towards halftime, it's like, are Philly going to hit any fucking shots? This is insane. But they get it all back together in the second half, and Bede's going off. Curry shook loose and was just nailing shit everywhere. And up and down the sort of roster, they were just getting enough, and the Nets kind of just took the foot off the gas. Being up so big, they're kind of like, yeah, whatever, man, we're fine. And uh, then suddenly it's tied at 103. Tied at 103. Absolute scenes. And then, guess what happened? Can you guess? Kevin Durant happened. If you thought I was going to say Patty Mills, he was very helpful. <laughs> but KD uh, just took this one over. It was insane. He absolutely fucking went, look, hashtag spoiler, spoiler alert, but yeah, fucking 
the sixes went, that's not a knife. And he went, nah, this is a knife, you idiots. And uh, got him good. Doc was incensed. I think he got a timeout with three seconds left just to yell at the refs, <laughs> which is pretty gnarly. The Nets are like up nine. He's like, fucking what are you doing? The forward didn't call any fucking fouls on him. And I don't think they had any fouls in the fourth quarter, which is gnarly. Uh, Embiid had 32-9-6. and six. I mean, the Nets had not much of an answer for him, but it's the way the Sixers use him in games like this where you're like, I feel like he should add 45. What is going on? 29 for Curry with four assists. He shot 13 and 21. He was awesome. Shake had 13 on 13. Matty T at eight points. The big problem, the big contract and the big problem, not Ben Simmons. No, Tobias Harris. Hey, Tobias, can you go out and get us, like, I don't know, 20 tonight just and help us beat Brooklyn? You got it, boss. Here is 11. Ugh. On 3 of 17 shooting, he sucks. Uh, KD was incredible, 34-11-8. Patty had 14, did a little bit of everything. Was on fire early. He was crushing it. 17-9 and nine for Blake Griffin. He's back, baby. I love it. Uh, Claxton had 17-2. Langston Galloway was just signed by the Nets. Signs his contract and basically runs out on the court. He played nine minutes, hit a three. Like he's only, th- basically his first shot is, ah, oh, but it'll launch his three then. Bang, nailed it. Uh, and I'll tell you what, the young dudes for the Nets... David Duke Jr., Kessler Edwards, they crushed it. Cam Thomas had 11-4-4. Good job. It's basically KD, Patty, Blake, and the rookies, the young dudes, and it's fun as hell. You wouldn't think that, but here we are. 15-15 and 15 now for Philly. That's two really brutal losses. They didn't have Maxi tonight, but uh, at the same time, like the Nets were playing David Duke Jr. and Kessler Edwards a combined 65 fucking minutes, you know? Ugh. It's like, oh, cry me a fucking River Sixers. Jesus. Anyway, uh, 21 and 8 for Brooklyn. They're on top of the East. They're without Harden, Lamarcus Aldridge, Joey Harris, Kyrie. Just doing work. It's incredible. The New York City Knickerbockers. They went to Houston. A replay of the 1994 NBA Finals. 116 103. The Knicks win. Uh, four players for the Knicks out because of the old health and safety RJ, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Q Grimes, Kevin Knox as well was added to it. And then D-Rose started the game, but leaves with a sore ankle after 12 minutes. Houston was shorthanded as well. They didn't have Jalen Green, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., or what ScoMo's got for fucking off to Hawaii when there's actual crises, Christian Wood. Uh, the Knicks, they lose D-Rose, and then it kind of just ended up working out all right for Houston. They got right back in this. Houston were making the Knicks work for this so much. They actually had the lead in the third. But then the Knicks, uh, they were still up going in the last quarter, and then bang. This was such a great run if you're a Knicks fan because you're just like, yes, hook this to my veins. It was the other Mitch Robinson and Emmanuel quickly just doing nothing but throwing down dunks or hitting threes. It was fucking sick. It blew the game wide open. The IQ magic was just incredible. Quickly when he's on one is electric. I love it. Ends up like a 15-point game like halfway through the fucking fourth quarter and the game was over. <laughs> just out of nowhere. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, I guess the Knicks win this one, so there you go. Look, the Rockets weren't that bad. 17 turnovers. They did still shoot 50% from the floor. Danny Tice had 22 and 10. Jay Sean Tate had 20 points, 6 assists. 17 points for Gary Bird. Oh, Garrison Matthews. 15, 5 and 5 off the bench for Kenyon Martin Jr. And Josh Christopher. Look, he's good. 14 points. Love him. Uh, the Knicks, they hit 17 of 36 from downtown. IQ was incredible. Emmanuel quickly, 7 of 10 from 3. What a bloody game. He was absolutely awesome. Julius Randle, he has a 21-6-6, and and you're like, oh, that's not bad, bro, not bad. But I'll tell you what, 
A lot of this was really, uh, well, obviously, don't Google me, Evan, Fournier chucked in 23. The other Mitch Robinson with his 17 points, nine rebounds, three blocks without missing from the floor, eight of eight. But it was uh, Deuce, Deuce McBright, 15, three, nine and four. That's right, 15 points, three rebounds, nine assists and four steals. He shot six of 11. The unheralded rookie, unbelievable game. He was awesome. The Knicks needed this. They lost seven of their last eight. They're now 13 of 16. Houston dropped the nine and 20. And then finally, Phoenix. Just kicked the shit out of the Wizards. Uh, 118-98. Suns had all the running early. Up 12 at the half. And then start of the third. Everybody got a look. The Wiz couldn't do anything. And the game was over. Like right then and there. Like it was like the first four or five minutes of the third quarter. Aiton hits a shot. Crowder gets a shot. CP3 hits a nice little, you know, his 14-foot elbow jumper. Bridges hits a shot. And the game is done. Like it's a 22-point lead. And... The Suns basically rested their dudes and played their bench for the rest of the game, which was very cool. McGee was dominating. Well, that's kind of all you need to know about this game. JaVale McGee against one of his old teams went, righto, I'm going to fuck around and kick your ass today, and that's exactly what he did. The Wiz, they shot 6-21 from three. It's like the secret is if Kuzma's not hitting threes and if KCP's not hitting threes, they're fucked. Like there's just no way around it. No Spencer Dinwiddie because it's a back-to-back, and he's shit anyway. Uh, but Brad Bill, like, oh, nah, man, Spencer Dinwiddie's okay. Nah, he is, Jimmy. Nah, nah, he's fucking shit. Just watch him over the last, like, month. He's been horrible. Maybe it's because of the knee. I don't know, but he's sucks. But either way, Bill was the only good one today. He had 26, 5 and 5, and 5 turnovers. That was the other 5. Uh, <laughs> Trez had 12 and 7. He looks lost. Kuzma was gross. I'll tell you who I do like. Denny Avdija. He's crushing it. His last few weeks have been the opposite of Spencer Dinwiddie. He's putting it all together as an energy dude. He's so big, so lanky, weirdly athletic. He's like fucking Andre Kirilenko out there at times. 14-4-4 four four for him. He's awesome. You love to see that. KCP goes 1-5. of five. Kuzma was horrible. And they got smoked. That's how it goes. The Suns, they had eight players in double figures. CP3 goes 12-5-6. and six. JaVale, 17-8. and eight. Aiton was awesome. 15-10-4 for him. He's been real good too as well. It's had that much. Sham Wow hit four threes. He had 16. And the Cams off the bench. Handy as hell. 13-5 for Johnson. 11-3-5 for Campaign. Good win. Washington dropped to 15-15. and 15. Remember, this team was 10-3. Oh, jeez. That's a 5-12 run, bro. That's some good maths by me. Just off the top of my head. 23-5 <laughs> for the Suns. They rule. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a night. That's a night. Record scratch, Kevin Durant. Of course it's KD. Get the fuck out of here. Down the stretch, he was absolutely fucking out of his tree. Off the chain, losing his mind. The three, th- like there's like two minutes to go. He nails two threes. Basically, the game's over. Then finds Blake for another one. Blake nails it. The game's done. Ends up with 34, 11, and 5. Shot 13 of 24 from the floor. 2 of 3 from downtown. He had a block. Hit all 6 of his free throws. He's averaging 39.7 points in his last 3 games. And there were times during this game where he just... All you can do when you watch KD sometimes. And there was a great shot of the Sixers bench when KD goes up. Just makes a beautiful little sort of baseline jumper. He runs up back past the Sixers bench and they all just look at him almost in fear. This could not be more of a that's not a knife. That's a fucking knife. <laughs> KD's like, oh, is that, that's a nice cute knife that you've got there in Joel Embiid. Uh, turns out I'm the best basketball player on the fucking planet, though. So, boom. 
Eat a dick, sixes. Uh, Kevin Durant, that is not a knife. That's a knife. That's the NBA Australia pre performance knife. He was fucking incredible. If you if you need to watch this game, watch it, because KD was just... I mean, 34-11-8, he's just next level sometimes. The shot making, the shot taking, uh, his ability to, like, as I mentioned, find Blake for the basically the fucking dagger to seal the game. But the two threes with, like, two minutes left... Just one after the other, you're like, fucking hell, man. Like, stop. It's like, it's the fucking classic Simpsons, like, meme. Like, stop, stop. He's already dead. And then he rises up for the baseline jumper, and you're like, oh, dude. Absolute fucking shambles with the sixes after that. So you love to see it. Just fucking Carly marred those motherfuckers. Went, oh, you guys think you're good? Rips their heart out, shows it to him, off they go. Spot of the night. Spud, 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 yeah, 11 points. He had five fouls, but the three of 17 for a bloke getting paid $36 million in a game where you're going up against one of your biggest sort of div- uh, division and conference rivals, right? It's the Sixers, the Nets, and Beads there. You're missing Tyrese Maxey. Oh, Tobias, can you go out and get us 24? You got a boss. 11 points. Fucking hell, Tobias. Giant spud. He might end up being the spud of the year. Who knows? But he sucks. Who's old mate? No mates. Old mate. 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 No mates. Who's got no mates today? Well, obviously the Sixers and the refs. It's like, oh man, I can't believe that Brooklyn didn't get called for any fouls. It's like, well, did you attack the rim? Like the last time I saw Tobias Harris attack the fucking rim in this game was like in the second quarter. It's like absolutely ridiculous. So Doc having his sort of big uh, tanty and going, oh, I'm going to call a timeout to yell at the refs even though we're about to lose. It's like, all right, Doc, this is why the refs hate you because you're trying to show them up. So <laughs> fucking hell. The refs and Ben Simmons have suddenly got something in common. <laughs> Pantsing of the night. Oh, Danny Tice, two nicks at once. It was like a 90s porn star. Uh, Deuce McBride and Nerland Noel got got all at once by Danny Mc, uh, Danny, Danny, Danny McBride. Danny Tice, it was pretty gnarly because he sort of pulls a spin move on Nerland's Noel, goes up, Deuce McBride covers the help and smashed on as Nerland's also gets smashed on and trying to recover. So pretty brutal. But obviously the big panting of last night, Australia time, were the Sydney Kings, hashtag NBL Australia. 26-0 to start a game. What? That was absolutely gnarly. Were you watching it? Holy shit. I couldn't believe it as it was happening. Pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, not that funny if you're a Kings fan, but at least you've got to appreciate the humour sometimes. But hell, that was a pants. Uh, what else we got? Better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. A couple of nicks here as well. IQ. Emmanuel quickly, 24 points, 7 of 10 from downtown. Absolutely insane game. Just lit that on fire. Won the game for the Knicks. Got him over the hump. And uh, Deuce McBride, baby. I mentioned him earlier. 15 points, 3 rebounds, 9 assists, 4 steals. 
shot 6 of 11 and 2 of 5 from downtown. They were awesome. And the weird thing is, like, I just kind of want to see Lonzo play again, right? Like, this whole thing with COVID, just knocking Chicago out for a week is fucked, obviously, because nobody wants that Coco, that Trumpy Trumpy good time. And uh, Chicago, I just want to see them play, and we can't. So either way, a couple of Knicks there today, better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week! <laughs> I was still laughing about the David Khan thing yesterday, uh, where he's like, hey, man, stop asking me about Steph Curry. All these other guys passed on him as well. It's like, yes, but none of them did it twice, David, you giant fucking cockhead. Uh, but today it's got to go to Skip, Skip, I say it's Skip, Skip Bayless. Uh, I love it. So Durant dunks on him, as we mentioned. Uh, I really don't like you, he tweets out. And Skip is basically going, well, I'm going to respond to Kevin Durant and uh, you'll find no one who's defended or loved him more ever since 2006. And he's like basically in fucking tears. Skip. Get a fucking hold of yourself, mate. Like, he's having a meltdown. You know why this was fucking hilarious? Because KD is just so flippant. And Skip Bayless is like, I don't even know why he's so thin-skinned, Kevin. He's on the internet all the time, and he's so thin-skinned. And he's like, it's just, it's a weird strategy. It's like, why is he coming up with fake stuff with me and other players? And It's like, shut up, Skip. Just admit that you got dunked on. It was fucking funny, and you're a cockhead. Like, it's not rocket surgery sometimes. To Like, oh, I need to give my response to Kevin Durant saying I really don't like me. The response should be, that was fucking funny, Kevin. Well played, sir. I'll catch you next week. Like, that's it. This self-serious fucking bullshit of talking heads is beyond the pale. So I need to issue a statement to respond to Kevin Durant's tweet. Fucking blow it out your ass, Skip, you idiot. He's not going to fuck you. Just settle down, mate. Get the fuck out of here. Just carrying on like a bunch of fucking babies. <laughs> All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Nas. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, party time, and especially this Sunday, it'll be party time down at the Catfish in Fitzroy on Gertrude Street from noon. The NFL Australia Christmas party, myself and Gaz, hanging out, drinking some tins, uh, talking some crap to each other and whoever else rocks up. Should be fun. Should be great. Uh, come along if you want. Patriots, Colts, it's going to be awesome. We'll hang out there, sink some piss. Chill out. And otherwise, you can also go to the online bottle the thedailyliquor.com if you're in the metro Melbourne area, and they'll bring you the booze to your door, Rona-free. Don't go and get that Omicron. Don't do it. The Omicron Percy I ate. You don't need that lure. Ain't no good. Uh, so, thedailyliquor.com with all their amazing array of beers, wines, and cocktails, they'll get it right to you real quick. No Rona. Same day delivery if you order before noon. Go check it out right now. And if you bang in the code STRAYER, you get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA, one of the great drinking beers. Especially with this heat. It's like, yes, I need a nice cold beer, and this best cold beer is Dos XPA. So there you go. Smash it. Be over 18. Drink responsibly. The DailyLiquor.com. Go check it out right now. 
Free sixer on me. Right. Yeah, Nas. Uh, we take a bunch of NBA storylines, decide whether they're more yeah or more nah. Number one, Zion's not playing this season, right, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Yeah, he's not. Seriously, it's over. Like, it's done. There's no fucking way they risk Zion this season. Just think, four to six weeks. So, best case scenario, they're reevaluating him basically towards the end of January, start of February. Basically, then you've got the All-Star break. He's got to get back into fucking game shape. So that's basically most of February gone. Are you really going to roll? And I actually probably at that point, you might need to roll Zion back out on the floor. Holy shit. And that's presuming no setbacks. All we've copped for the last fucking three months have been setbacks and setbacks and setbacks because the dude's 150 kilos and has got a fucked foot. I've been there. That's me. (laughs) I'm not quite 150, but shit. And, like, if you don't rehab that shit properly, you're fucked. That's why it was so stupid at the start of the season, in the off-season. Like, nah, he'll be fine. He's fucked his foot in the off-season, but he's all right. It's like, no. Like, players lose seasons for that shit. What are you doing? That's wild. So, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. I think just the timeline's fucked. And I think the Pelicans are probably so far back at that point unless they go on a big run and unless they really want to push for the playoffs and unless he completely cops no setbacks and he's actually in game shape and he's ready and raring to go like after the All-Star break or something and they're really ready to make a push, then maybe. But, I mean, that is just taking so much into consideration of him not having any pain, not suffering any setbacks in the next four to six weeks, getting into game shape fucking super quick and he's ready to go by March. And then what? You're going to plan for the last six weeks of the season? Oof. Woof. Uh, nice one. I don't know. Yeah, nah. The Wizards. Jimmy, are they still going to make the playoffs? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they will. But Jesus, what did I tell you? They are who we thought they were. This is the thing. When you raise your floor by bringing in professional basketball players, which is good, which is smart, uh, you do tend to beat some shitty teams. You surprise some other ones. And that's exactly what they did to start the year. Like, beating the Bucks early on was a pretty big one. They beat the Heat in a really close one. They smoked, They just got by the Mavs. But there was also other ones where you're like, how did they just lose to the... Well, they almost lost to the Thunder. And now they're on a four-game losing streak. And this... Uh, this I'll tell you what, this uh, actual road trip that they're on right now it might be more pertinent to go, Jimmy, will they win a game on this road trip? Yeah, nah. Because they've played, they've lost to Denver, they've lost to Sacramento, they've lost to Phoenix. They go to Utah this weekend, and then next week they've got at Brooklyn and at New York. And I don't know, like they're kind of lucky that the Knicks are playing so crap, and Brooklyn are uh, being slapped down by the Coco, but jeez, tough scenes. Uh, but they'll still make the playoffs because, I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? You talk about the raising of the floor for a team like the Wiz where they're very handy. All they kind of have to do is hold off the likes of the Raps and the Pacers who, going into the season, that's where we sort of thought they'd be about. So they should be able to make the play-in tournament still because you think that they're at least kind of better than those teams. But it's a bit tricky because there are teams like, you know, Cleveland and uh, Cleveland, who are absolutely crushing it, and they're the surprise belter, and they're not showing any signs of slowing down at the moment. Whereas the Wiz are, so 
It's going to get pretty fucking tight, but I reckon they'll make it. Yeah, I don't know who. Whew. They've just got to hold off the wraps, the Knicks, the Pacers at the moment. Mm, tricky. Right, the big one. Should the NBA hit pause on the season? Yeah, nah. I mean, probably they ought to with so many teams being, you know, fucking decimated by the Coco, but are they going to? Nah, of course not. Because, to be honest, it's still probably smart to keep doing as much of the uh, season as they can. Go case by case, city by city. The tricky part is, I mean, most of them are, like Toronto had the news yesterday that they're going to play in front of 50% capacity of fans. Uh, feels like that's a pretty smart idea. And I feel like the smart idea would probably be like going, all right, holidays, everybody gets two weeks off. Fuck off. Try not to get the cocoa at home. Go spend it with your families, whatever. But they're definitely never going to do that because it's the NBA. And it's like, oh, when he does that, it means the money. Like, especially not near Christmas, which is basically their big sell, big banner, big boom, big fucking hullabaloo. Essentially, the start of our season as football heads towards the playoffs, etc. They're never going to pause the season. Even if the games on Christmas Day look like a fucking intramural Wednesday night scrimmage down at MSAC, you know? It's like, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. They probably ought to. And maybe they will, like in the second week of January or something, if it gets even fuckier. But as I've said, it's like it comes down to like a almost like a set of numbers, right? So we've already had 60-odd cases. You've got 450 players. You've got a player pool out of sight of that. You've got players who are vaccinated who have already had it. Uh, you do sort of think there'll be just enough to have the odd team like Chicago have to postpone games but not pause the actual season. Last one, does Isaiah Thomas, the little guy, fit and work in LA? Yeah, nah. Well, let's go to this one. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Also the unpopular opinion of the day. I mean, I don't think so. Like, they need dudes who can play fucking defense and shoot threes. Isaiah Thomas can do exactly one of those. And it's not the first one. (laughs) Like, holy shit. I do think, though, that we could be surprised by how out of the gates he sort of comes, maybe. Without Avery Bradley, without Rusty Westbrook, without Malik Monk, he's actually going to have to play like a pretty uh, big role, maybe. Pretty early, which would be fun. And I, you know me, I fucking love Isaiah Thomas. I think he's awesome. I think his story's incredible. And I think it's wildly fucking sad at the same time because he was absolutely tearing it up in the MVP conversation and then fucks his hip gets traded, and is completely lost by the wayside without getting the giant contract that he thought he was about to get. It's wildly fucking sad. His sister passes away. He plays through it. He loses his fucking teeth. Like, oh, my God, what a tough motherfucker. Playing through the hip. Oh, God. So what would be awesome is if he does wildly succeed in the Lakers and they keep him on and off they go, or some other team goes, actually, there's a little bit something there, and he falls into a better situation where they need him. And he gets a uh, big actual contract and sticks around. That'd be nice. All right, Outback Takeouts for Friday. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, ice cold 4 for 1 TGIF Foster's oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's lager. That's right, it's Australian for horse piss. Oh, fuck, wait, no. What's it called? Australian for beer. There you go, sorry. Yeah, I might have let slip a bit of a secret there. Anyway... It's not horse piss, right? Yeah. Only at Outback. 
goes great with the flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is with the Lakers suddenly copying all the COVID protocols, Adam Silver's phone is about to ring. And on the other end will be LeBron James going, righto, we need to shut down this league for two weeks until my guys get back. And Adam Silver will have to do it. Only at Outback. I would not put that past uh, LeBron James. It's like, I'm going to jump on the blower to Adam. We're going to get this season paused. We're going to get our games postponed so they don't count as losses. Off we go. <laughs> what do you reckon? All right, Australia Player Watch right after. Let's say this one. This is Mick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player watch, knowable. That's right. What are Chris Paul, NASA commander, Scott Kelly, and Redico founder Alexis Ohanian have in common? They're all in knowable, which is this rad new app where basically it's really smart people teaching you cool stuff about how they got where they are. It's like a podcast, basically. It's like Spotify for learning shit. I love it. The squid hates it. I've talked about that before. If I'm playing anything on the speakers that isn't like Thomas and Friends story time, the squid just goes fucking ballistic. I can get by with, like, my morning hip-hop playlist, which is, like, a bunch of, I don't know, Tribe Called Quest and... Uh, who else? De La Soul and stuff. Um, but if it's, like, knowable, he's just like, Dad, what the fuck? I don't care about space unless you're telling me a story about space. I'm like, all right, Thomas and Friends. Anyway, uh, the bloke from NASA talks about space. Scott Kelly is awesome. Chris Paul talks about plant-based lifestyles and Alexis Ohani and the Reddit co-founder and teaches how to launch a startup. That's a really good one, too. So if you're keen on some learning, some new stuff today, download the Noble app from your app store, bang in the code STRAYA, and you'll get 20% off. How's that? 20% off getting smart right there, bang in the code STRAYA, off you go. Right, today's uh, Australian player watch pretty quick. Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills in the win over the Sixers. I mentioned he had a pretty good game. 14 points, 5 of 14 from the floor, 4 of 8 from downtown. Uh, I believe it was 4 of 5 at one point as well. He was absolutely on fire. 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 turnovers. He was a plus 9 though in a uh, game that they needed to win, and they did. So Paddy Thrills gave it his all. I loved, loved, loved how involved he was at the end as well. Super fired up for his guys. Good on you, Paddy. And Aussie Matty T was on the other side against his uh, fellow bronze medalist for the Boomers. That's right, Matty T going up against Paddy Thrills. And Matty T played 18 minutes off the bench, did Matisse Teibel. Eight points, three of five from the floor, and two of four from three. You love to see it. I just want to see those threes drop for Matty T. That's all I want. Two rebounds, one assist, and two steals. As per usual, a defensive menace. Love it. There you go. Good, a bunch of Aussies uh, in action over the weekend. It was good to see everybody basically going hammering tongues yesterday too, wasn't it? Nice. All right, let's do the uh, Luke Longley Award for the bloke who does their bloody job of the week. Uh, this one, I wanted to give it to like all the young dudes on the nets because it's not often that you just go, rookies, they're going to win the Luke Longley Award. But Kessler Edwards and David Duke Jr., I mean, they've just been pressed in the service, right? Like, just out of fucking nowhere. The Nets are down, like, James Harden, Javante uh, Carter, uh, Jevion Carter, DeAndre Bemry. I think I just mess, <laughs> mixed those two names together. Uh, they're just down so many bodies that Kessler Edwards and David Duke Jr. have to, like, go out there. And as I said earlier, they played a combined 65 fucking minutes, which is crazy. And they are just doing their bloody job. Like, David Duke Jr. specifically, he went 2-2 two two at the line today. He did the exact same thing in the Nets' last game, hitting, like, really clutch free throws. And 
I mean, that's a massive moment for like a young dude to be out there under pressure and he just did his bloody job. So he ends up with 6-4-2 today with a steal. Two turnovers, you get that on the big jobs. But he was a plus 20. And Kessler Edwards is a plus 1. He ends up 33 minutes, 4 of 9 from the floor, 9.7 rebounds, 2 assists and a steal. And you gotta, you got to love it. So they're just stepping up, doing their bloody job. The same goes for Langston Galloway. It was pretty gnarly to see him come in and just bang a 3 straight away. <laughs> it's like, I know my job. My job is to come in and shoot this three if I'm open. And that's exactly what he did. Good stuff. And uh, very, very Luke Longley-esque. Just do your bloody job. All right. The Penny Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This one's a Delhi tweet uh, because Delhi is just out there doing his usual thing of like, uh, hey, what's going on, man? With uh, Always excited to read the Lightning Labs update. So much happening every month. Uh, talking about, you know, Bitcoin, crypto, all the good stuff. Oh, God, he loves it. Uh, but my favorite one was him retweeting a Melbourne United tweet from yesterday. Eli, handshake, Delhi, And it's a picture of Eli giving Delhi what appears to be basically like a school project where he's really sort of followed Delhi's uh, career from the AIS through the NBA and then on to the Boomers and now into Melbourne United. And Delhi actually looks pretty bloody stoked. Hanging out with Eli. It's fucking great. So A-plus for Eli. You love to see it. Great couple of photos. Good on you, Melbourne United. That was a big win too, so good shit. All right, let's do the game previews. Game previews. Game previews for the entire bloody weekend. How you doing, uh, inadvertent Bane? Ah, pretty good, Jimmy. Wait, I usually ask about how you're going. Well, I decided to flip the script. What are you doing on the weekend? Ah, mate. Squid's birthday tomorrow. Fucking organising a three-year-old's birthday. Luckily, old mate has done most of it, and uh, I just sort of rock up and cook the barbie and drink some beers. <laughs> you know? Love it. I think I mentioned this on the show like a couple of weeks ago, right? Like inviting his uh, daycare classmates. It's like, who are your mates? And he's like rattling off names. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. I know like three of them because he's been like in the same daycare thing as them for like forever. But yeah, pretty funny. So I don't know who the fuck's going to rock up. <laughs> That's great. And then Sunday, obviously, the NFL Australia thing. So it's just one of those big fucking weekends where you're like, God, just get through it. Have some fun. Relax. Go with the flow, Jimmy. That's what i got to do. Just got to relax into it. I'm excited. The Squid's birthday is going to be awesome. Always good to see everybody. And then Sunday will be a ripper. Can't wait for the NFL Australia Christmas party, actually. Sitting there watching the Patriots and Colts with Gaz and uh, all the other awesome legends who are going to rock up. Uh, so today we went four of four on the picks. You little beauty! How good is that? Absolutely smashed it. Um, I wasn't wildly confident on any of them either. But uh, Detroit covered just despite them fucking fouling right at the end. I'm like, oh my god, they're not going to cover because of this. But it was a foul to give. And they still end up losing by nine. So they cover the ten and a half. Brooklyn cover... Uh, the Knicks covered and Phoenix covered. So four out of four. You love to see that. So for the year, we are 235 of 421. Still bloody good. All right, Saturday, we've got eight games tomorrow. Miami at Orlando, the Floridia Bowl. Love this. I'm going the Heat minus four and a half. Uh, just a bit more fight in the Heat. Orlando do tend to keep these sorts of games close, but I think they'll end up losing this one in Orlando Give me the heaters. Atlanta, they host Denver. A decimated Denver. I think the Hawks can take care of this one at home too. They're four and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with the Hawks. 
Boston host Golden State, an absolute belter of a game. I'm actually going to take Boston plus two and a half. Uh, I just think a couple of weapons, Tatum, Brown, they should just have enough to slow down Golden State and maybe eke out a win. And they're underdogs at home, so I'll take Boston plus two and a half. Same goes kind of for New Orleans. So Milwaukee, Milwaukee, here it's Algonquin for the good land. Milwaukee are three and a half point favorites against the Pels in New Orleans. I'm going to go the Pelicans plus three and a half. I think Milwaukee eked out a win the other day uh, against an indie team that just completely self-combusted. But now without Giannis, probably without Middleton, without Bobby Portis, I'm going to have to go the Pels. I think there's just, they've got healthy dudes, you know? They're riding high after the Devontae Graham game winner. San Antonio go to Utah. They're 11.5 point underdogs. I think I'll take 11.5 for San Antonio. Utah kicked the shit out of teams, but San Antonio, they'll keep it just close enough and just cover. Uh, So I'll take the Spurs plus 11.5. Minnesota hosts the Lakers. They're half point favorites at home, Minnesota. I'm going to go that. I don't think the Lakers have anybody who can cover Cat or or (laughs) Ant-Man or D-Lo. So let's go Minnesota minus a half point. Portland. One and a half point favorites at home against Charlotte. I think this is the game that Portland win. Uh, so give me the Blazers one and a half points. And Memphis, Sacramento, with all the outs in Sacramento, uh, there's no line at the moment, so I'm just going Memphis head to head. Nice one. Let's go, Grizzlies. And then, of course, Sunday, we've got seven games with a 4 a.m. start. If you want to get up and watch Houston and Detroit, don't do it. I'm going to pick Houston to win that one at Detroit. Uh, both decimated by injuries as well, I think. The Rockets maybe just have enough there. The Knicks go to Boston. Boston on a back-to-back after playing the Golden State Warriors. I think the Knicks can somehow pull that off. So let's go Knicks in that one in Boston. Brooklyn hosts Orlando. Even decimated by injury as Brooklyn are, I think they can hold off Orlando, especially on a back-to-back. Big travel. Uh, Give me the Nets. Golden State then, after playing in Boston, go over to Toronto. I think Golden State might beat Toronto. I think a loss in Boston, but a win in Toronto, and that's how their weekend goes. The Clippers go to OKC. I think they just take care of business against OKC. Maybe Paul George comes back. Maybe not. Even if not, they should be fine. Cleveland go to Milwaukee. So Milwaukee play down there in the Bayou, in New Orleans, and then go home and have to play Cleveland. That's not nice. Give me the Cavs. (laughs) Jesus. Washington then go to Utah. And I've mentioned this. I don't think Washington have a fucking snowflakes chance in hell. Against the Yaz, the Yaz will win that one. Then Monday, we've got nine games on Monday, which is pretty gnarly. I guess it's because the uh, football schedule is now being split up across Saturday and Sunday. And the NBA is like, well, fuck it, we'll put on games there all the time on Mondays. Well, Sunday night's their time. Miami go to Detroit, give me the heat. Portland, they go to Memphis. I think the Blazers can pull that one off. I think there's going to be like a weird little Portland run here. They're either going to win both these games this weekend or they're going to lose both. Who are there? Yeah, so I reckon they beat Charlotte and then turn around and beat Memphis in Memphis or they lose both horribly. San Antonio play Sacramento. We don't know who's going to be on that Kings team, so give me the Spurs. Atlanta hosts Cleveland. Cleveland on a back-to-back on the road. Let's go the Hawks. Denver go to Brooklyn. I think I'll take the Nuggets in that one. I think Michael Malone will have maybe sort of figured out his rotation maybe a little bit better. So they play in Atlanta. I think they might lose that one. Brooklyn, though, just too many bodies not on the court. I think Denver might be able to eke that one out because there's no one in Brooklyn who can come close to covering Joker. Chicago, maybe, hosting the Lakers. Who knows who's going to be on that Chicago team? I'm going to take them, though. As long as it... Well, actually, I don't know about that one. Bit of a Caruso revenge game. We might have to go uh, the Lakers because... 
Yeah, if they've got a healthy LeBron, they should just win that, shouldn't they? Yeah. And Isaiah Thomas, off he goes. Philly, they host the Pelicans. I'll go the Sixers. Dallas, they go to Minnesota. Let's go Mavs. And finally, Phoenix host Charlotte. That should be an absolute rip snorter of a game too. And that's the last one on Monday. I'm going to go the Suns. I think that'll be awesome though. Charlotte at Phoenix. Maybe a bit of a Cali Oubre Jr. revenge. Love it. Either way, that's a huge weekend. Can't wait. Heading into uh, Christmas week. Should be unreal, shouldn't it? And we'll wrap all that up for you on Monday. Love it. So I reckon, yeah, we're going to have a uh, pretty full-on week next week, which will be great. So I'll wrap it all up for you. And we'll get stuck in. We'll see how we go. Either way, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, we're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz talking about the NFL season. Week in, week out over on NFL Australia. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. He's over on YouTube. Go check that out. Adam crushes it, FWCIE on Twitter. Uh, NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your podcast app if you can, can you? Come on, I don't ask for too much. Rate and review it. Manscaped, use the code STRAYA, get 20% off and free shipping. The Daily Liquor, use the code STRAYA, get a free six-pack of the DOS Blockos XPA. Knowable, download the Knowable app, get 20% off as well with the code STRAYA. All right, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And, of course, big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp. Triple J on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you follow and listen to your bands, do that. NBA Australia, Sports Australian Bands. So should you right. We'll close out today's show with a preemptive Cooking with Bainsy Xmas Christmas Spectacular, which we might even do another one of next week. I'm just saying. So either way, enjoy this. It should be great. We'll catch you on Monday, dickheads. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you then. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And... Later, Hosanna! Cooking with Bainsy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. Oh, yes, yes, g'day. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, g'day, yes. Welcome to Cooking with... Oh, g'day, Cheryl over there. Look at you. Yeah, this is Cooking with Bainesy, and I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. And uh, in this here episode, look, it's a special time of year, isn't it? So we're going to whip up one of my absolute Aussie Christmas favourites. That's right, folks. It's a bloody roast. Yes, that's right. Love me a bloody Chrissy roast. And it's easy as, mate. I'll tell you, I love a roast. Reckon I'd eat them all the time if I could, not just that once a week and that one time a year I'll treat myself, you know? Anyway, but it's an absolute ripper. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? So, look, it is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your local butcher, ask for Silly or Reg or whatever his name is for a roast. 
about one and a half kilos of topside should do you. Right, now then pop over to your soupy or greengrocer and load up on some veggies. Yeah, you're going to need some potatoes, some pumpkins, some onions, some carrots, a bit of celery, some garlic, some mixed herbs, maybe a thing of beans or poos, whatever suits your fancy, because you do need a little bit of green on the plate as well. And mint sauce isn't all that you can put on there. So, now, don't be a cow. Get stuck right into this bastard. Preheat your oven to 240. Whip out that roast and just massage it. Massage it with a bit of olive oil, a bit of salt and pepper. Chop up your onions over there, a couple of the carrots, a bulb of the garlic, two sticks of your celery. Just chop them up all nice and rough. Don't worry about bloody, you know, peeling them and shit. Just throw them in the bottom of the tray. Chuck a bunch of red wine, a bit of olive oil over them, and then bang, your bloody roast on top. Bangers. Bang. Right there. Now, simply bung that bastard in your oven, knock it down to 200, let it cook for about... An hour and five minutes, and you're laughing now. Sit back, grab a tin. You've got a couple of minutes here, because then all you want to do is get the rest of your veggies on and uh, get cracking on them. So away we go. Chop up potatoes, your pumpkins, roast them with a couple of carrots for about 45 odd minutes. Cook your beans and poos, chuck them on the side. Get your mint sauce. Look at that. That is beautiful. Oh, you can scull a bottle of that, I reckon. Then, once it goes, ding. Get your bloody roast out. Oh, just look at that. That is amazing. Now, don't rush. Just like making love to bangers. Don't rush. Let it sit for 15 minutes while we make your bloody gravy. And how do we do that, bangers? Well, mate, you listen to the bloody Paul Kelly song, don't you? Listen to the song and follow the fuck along. Look, you take the bottom of your roast, all the shit that's in the bottom, and then what do you do, Paul Kelly? Just add flour, salt, a little red wine, and don't forget a dollop of tomato sauce for sweetness and that extra tank. And if you're really feeling up for it, give your loved Angus and DeFrank and Dolly. Oh, nice one. All right. And here's a bit of a special extra Aussie Chrissy treat. Because you know what goes great with all that? A couple of fucking prawns on the barbie. That's right. Get a couple of kilos from down your fishmonger. His name's probably Vasily as well. Get a couple of kilos of those buggers. Don't bother peeling them, just throw them straight on the barbie. Cook them till they're as pink as my bum. And then let them cool, serve them as an entree. I believe that's French for finger food. Lovely. Now, to sit back, grab another ten, maybe three, maybe four. It's Christmas, who gives a fuck? And when everyone's ready, before or after prezzies, doesn't matter, mate. Doesn't matter. However you do it, get around the table and get your bloody munch on. And Bob is your bloody uncle. He's probably your racist one as well, aren't you, Bob? Look at you over there, you fucking idiot. Oh, jeez. Yeah, anyway, and that, my friends, is an absolute bloody ripper of a Christmas roast right there. The Aussie Classic doesn't matter if it's fucking 450 degrees outside. You can't go past a Chrissy roast and maybe a few prawns on the barbie. It'll definitely dead set impress the missus and her folks. I'll tell you about that. Don't worry there. <laughs> oh, boy. And there you go. How easy is it? Love it. Get stuck on in and have yourselves a bloody Merry Bangers Christmas, would ya? Have a great Chrissy. Happy holidays. Merry Chrissy. Solid Ramadan. Cheers to your Tanaka. And we'll see you on the next episode of Cooking with Bonesy.